Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiya, Bab. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I am really, 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 really good. Really, really, really? Really, really, really. Like rolling your ass in Spanish, really? Like, really. Really. Like, arriba. Why up? Huh? Why up? Arriba means up. It's a cliche, isn't it, really? So it was just a word with with R. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm really glad to see that your language skills are developing. Thank you very much. I do try. I do try. Um, So I'm Ben. And I'm Benja. And I'm British. And I'm Argentinian. And we are a couple. Indeed. Ooh la la, living in Warwickshire. And this is Bareback. What's Bareback all about? Well, funny you should ask. Bareback is us, so two bears, looking back into our lives, our relationship, our culture, and everything nice. And what's a bear? Oh, we're doing the whole definition today, aren't we? Yeah. So a bear is like a subgroup, a sub-community within the LGBTQ plus community. And it normally involves people who are a little bit on the heavier side, particularly us at this point. (laughs) Um, Maybe some a little bit hairier. um, um, So a little bit sort of on the plus side, let's say. Right. And of course, we're on all the socials. If you do want to get in touch with us, we are at Twitter at Bareback Pod. We are on Instagram at Bareback Podcast. Just to confuse things. Exactly. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, just search Bareback. And you can also write us an email, a very good old fashioned 2002 email. And our email address is barebackpodcast at gmail.com. Now, normally at this point in the show, we would talk about what we've done this week, which has been a very busy week, quite frankly, and we'd go and delve into the post bag uh, and see what our listeners have sent in. But unfortunately, Bab, we can't do that this week. I mean, I think that this time around, we just go to the main course. Yeah, because for this week's main section, we are overflowing with goodness. And sexy. Absolutely, because we've got our first guest this series on bareback. It's our first guest ever. First guest ever ever and we're starting with a big one we're starting with the huge one so if you've been hiding under a rock over the last few years the hun is the British pop culture phenomenon that has literally swept our social media feeds with hilarious memes, bursts of nostalgia. We're talking two-for-one cocktails, long-forgotten reality TV stars. Now, at the centre of this very much relatable and unfiltered look at the cult of celebrity is Hunsnet, which has risen beyond the standard Instagram meme, and it's literally gone on to conquer the world, not just of the socials, but live events, merchandise, and TV. Now, it started back in 2017. Hunsnet is the brainchild of Gareth Howells. And why he hasn't been knighted for services to the UK during the pandemic, I will never know. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Sitting 
It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. The Queen and her sword. Absolutely. He has really kept us going throughout the pandemic, which is, you know, it's been a really rubbish time for us all, but it's been that light at the end of the tunnel for all of us. So we are delighted that Gareth has joined us today as our first ever guest on Bareback. So as we pour ourselves a massive glass of Hunseco... Uh, I guess we should say hello, darling. Hi, darling. Hi, oh my God. Thank How you so you? much for that um, amazing introduction. I'm, I, if, if we were face to face, you would see how red I've gone. And that's not from my glass of Prosecco that I had to, <laughs> um, getting ready for this. Oh, thank you so much. It's really kind. It's great oh, to be here. Bless you. Thank you for taking time out of what is, um, I'm sure, a very busy time for you. I, first of all, I want to ask, can we call you Gareth or do I have to call you Head Huncho? Oh, no. Just call me whatever you want, Hunt. Just as long as you call Call me. <laughs> <laughs> Dialing now. <laughs> Gareth, I'm Argentinian. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Hun culture is not really a thing there. Yet. Yet. <laughs> exactly the kind of spirit we want. Yet. We're going to get it there. So we want to take this opportunity to sort of for you to enlighten me. The first question that I have for you is, can you tell us what is a Han. And what are the difference between a Han, a Karen? You know, in the US you have the basic bitch. What is a Han? What is a Han? So um, I, I talk about this quite a lot, actually. Um, and a Han, a Han is everyone. Like everyone can be a bit of Han. Okay, you know, go with me with this. Because okay. A hun is somebody who likes to have a drink, you know, have a couple of drinks and unashamedly, you know, likes to get a bit merry. So that's like number one, maybe. A hun, going on the Karen thing, a hun might occasionally want to speak to a manager. That's a (laughs) Karen box. A hun might have a live, love, laugh item of, you know, unnecessary decoration in their house. You know, so that ticks another box. A A hun is so transcendent to like, lots of different things and I think that that's why at the moment it's such a thing that's happening in pop culture it's the biggest in joke that everybody's invited to many mentioned the basic bitch there which is obviously a very American term but the thing about hun is that it's much more it's much more relatable and and I kind of feel like they're in on the joke as well we're all in on in on the joke together absolutely I think that the the whole hun thing and the being in on the joke and I talk about this I've talked about this previously is that years ago we might have been a basic bitch we might have been a Karen but it's this whole hun thing and through the eyes of nostalgia is you know, allows us to look at back at uh, at ourselves, you know, maybe 10, 5, you know, 20 years ago and realise that we might have been a bit of that and then we might have been a bit of this um, and we've probably been running away from the fact or trying to avoid the fact that we were like that once. But Han culture is about accepting who you are, who you were and who you're going to be. I know that sounds a bit misworld, but, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of how I see it. You're right. It kind of sounds like I want world peace, but it also sounds like, Everyone can be a little bit of a, a, a hun. It sounds like it's a Fifty Shades of Hun. Exactly. Oh, I've never heard that phrase before, but I'm definitely going to be stealing that for a meme, and I will credit you guys. <laughs> oh, just go for it. You said it's Fifty Shades of Hun, and I feel like I'm there as well. I'm, I, I already feel myself a little bit hun, if you like. Yeah, I think I think hun is so inclusive. Like you know, like years ago, you know, my first 
dabbling in this whole Hun thing was years ago. And I absolutely, I've got to be honest with you, you know, mic drop moment. I hated somebody calling me a Hun. Uh, you know, saying, are you okay, Hun? Hi, Hun. You are right, Hun? And I was like, this is so weird. Like, but now this is such a massive part of my life. And I, I'm not really quite sure why or how it's happened. But was there like a light bulb moment where you suddenly went, actually, I am a Hun? I think it's that whole looking back ironically at things rather than literally. And probably back at the time when, you know, people used to hun me or drop the hun bomb, as, as I say, is, is that, you know, I was probably taking myself far too seriously at the time to be like, to get it. Um, and it's only through, you know, I'm, I'm 38, nearly 39, you know, that I can look you back. You don't like a day over 25. Thanks, hun. 25. See, that is hun. Hun supporting huns. Um, I think it's only now looking back that you can kind of accept kind of who you were in 2008, 2005 and all like that and look back at it ironically and have a laugh about it. And I think, you know, as I said, the, the nostalgia piece feeds really great into that because you know, what we were all doing in 2005, we were all trying to be so cool, trying to be probably something we're not. And now we can look back at it under the lens of 2020 and be like, oh, well, you know, it was a bit naff, but it's quite fun. And for me, it's kind of that thing where, you know, I remember a few weeks ago and I was remembering when all the girls in the playground at school, they all had their Spice Girls impulse. And I was like, do you know what? I need to share that with Hunsnet because they will all get it. You know, it's, it's kind of like you're in this club where everyone gets it. And, you know, you can share it with your friends and your family, but if they're not around at that time, you've got this whole other community online mm-hmm. where you can talk about, you know, when you used to wear like baggy jeans and, you know, blue cargo pants, you know, and, and all these kind of things that, you know, we, we did when we were growing up that we thought was so cool, but now looking back, it's like cringe. One confession right here. I bought blue cargo pants on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> they're making a comeback apparently no, oh, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the circular thing isn't it yeah, everything yeah. comes back into fashion so I'm sure they're right around the corner <laughs> do you know what though you made a really valid point about the Spice Girls impulse thing and this is where where this whole Hunsnet thing sort of um, where I tap into is that I guarantee you that you know any female li- listening out there within our age group you know 25 to 40 maybe everybody's got a story about Spice Girls Impulse, about how they begged their mum for it, you know, and how they, you know, they they were desperate for it and how they, you know, felt on top of the world when they were smelling like it. The same for Britney Spears' fantasy. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a story about it. And I think what I'm trying to do with Hunsnet is to try and kind of weave these people together to go, oh, my God, that happened to me. Oh, my God, that happened to me. Oh, my God. And and everybody is, it's like I say, this massive in-joke that, that people are all feel part of because they've all experienced it in some way. Talking about sort of the audience of, of Hansnet, because, of course, as you say, everyone has been there. Everyone has had that Britney Spears moment, that um, Spice Girls moment. So um, can I just say, do you know how many... Pepsi Max can ring pulls I had to collect to get the bonus Spice Girls single step to me. Probably way too many. <laughs> well, this is it. And, you know, hopefully you were cleaning your teeth afterwards and having that to have uh, veneers because of that. I blame the Spice Girls for my dental problems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's all blame Victoria Beckham for it. Well, yeah, she, she is the root of my problems. <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> so is sort of the Hansnet audience, is it sort of a women and gay only? Uh, are they Han appreciators or Han allies? 
So who's your audience for Hansnet? I know you guys have been following for a number of years. And um, when I first started it back in 2017, it was a page to make my friends laugh. And um, I think we can probably say that, you know, as gay guys, sometimes our humour can be a bit in the gutter, so to speak. 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, like really in the gutter, you know, or really, really far in the gutter. I started it with sort of gutter humour. That's what makes me laugh, you know. That's what makes personally makes me laugh. Um, you know, I, I I love the dirty joke. I love ooh, slightly inappropriate dark humor. I really love that. Um, and that was the content I started pushing out at the beginning. As the page grew, and then I realised, and you know, we've been on a massive social change in the last couple of years about what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, and and all and so forth, and and especially you know, hyperspeed over the last year with with coronavirus, my audience who follow the page, you know, to answer your question, is eighty percent female, eighty percent female. 20% uh, male, which I'm probably going to go out there on a limb and say that the majority of them are, are gay guys. And we have, you know, everyone in, in, in between, you know, non-binary, trans, you know, everybody's welcome in this in this humour and this, and this page that we've created. But yeah, I think that it's an evolving audience of inclusivity. And I absolutely, I'm really, really lucky to be part of something that is so inclusive for everybody. I'm going for the gossip here. Gossip. Um, celebrity hands. Oh, celebrity hands. What do you want to know? The whole thing about Hunsnet is that it relies on those kind of references to to celebrities to, in today's era and and also of yesteryear. And it's how much are they in on the joke with you? Do they come along this journey with us? Oh yeah, absolutely. So the content that we put out on Hunsnet is it features the celebrity, but ninety nine point nine 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 percent it's not about the celebrity we're just using pop culture moments from the last 20 years to reference what's going on today in the world you know so all of the Boris updates last year you know we're you know we're looking back now there was like major changes to our lives going on and we're just absorbing this but the only way I felt that I could get this out was to reference it with Lisa Scott Lee being B-list at Capital. Um, <laughs> Benji's looking at me uh, with a perplexed look you're, you're gonna have to explain what B-list yeah. at Capital is. So B-list Capital um, is a famous Lisa Scott Lee quote. Lisa Scott Lee, for everybody who is listening, is a, a member of Steps, who is an amazing UK pop brand who've been transcendent through years, you know, from, from 1998 up until now. And she is the sort of showpiece because she's she had a, a TV series when she was trying to make the charts as a solo artist back in 2005. And the whole premise of the TV series was to um, see if she could reach top 10 uh, in the UK charts. And if she didn't uh, reach top 10 in the UK charts, she had to quit music forever. <laughs> I um, mean, the Jeopardy. Yeah, of course. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I think she got to number 23. And there's this poignant moment in the series that follows her where she's getting the midweek charts for one of her songs and she finds out that she's at number 23. And then she says to her dad, she goes, yeah, but we're B-list capital. And this is something which people at that time have all sort of latched onto. And it's such an important thing now to Huns, like that that whole series. And and very poignantly, yesterday, um, yesterday, um, Lisa Scott Lee followed me on both Hunsnet and uh, and my personal account for the first wow. time. Um, so that's the first name drop. Um, and the, the reason why I'm saying that is because 
for years I was like, you know, putting out this content, I was like, oh, you know what, would Lisa find this funny? Oh, I hope I, I would never want to offend anybody with anything that we put out. But um, she likes the comments, we engage. Um, and I think that I think it's that whole looking back and be able to say, you know what, back in 2005, you know, what I thought was, you know, important and looking back at it under the lens, as, as I said earlier, of 2021, is a whole different ball game, and if you can look back with humour, then 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 that's the the essence of it, I think. And, and the thing is, it, it is about humour. So you really hope that these celebrities that uh, that you feature in the post are going to take it as that, take it as humour. So it's really reassuring to see that they do. Absolutely, and I think the one person who has accelerated this and the interaction with the celebrities is Gemma Collins because Gemma Collins every piece of content she puts out whether that be on her social channels or whether it's on her Diva Forever program or her adverts that she does for all of her partners her brand partners everything she says is meme worthy because she knows that that is you know, it's it. I think it's like that whole thing with paparazzi. Like years ago, people would have a deal with a paparazzi, and they would provide them where they're going and what they're doing, uh, and it would be a mutual, you know, sort of beneficial situation. Whereas now, I think the paparazzi they, they don't care about the paparazzi. They care about oh, would this be a really good meme, or would this, you know, go viral? And I think the celebrities they're very very conscious of that now. And you know, there's been some amazing, and there are some daily amazing celebrity moments that come up on Instagram that I'm literally like, oh, that's amazing meme. Yeah, use that, use that. And that's why yeah. it's really exciting for me because it's not the same thing over and over and over because you don't know what the celebrities are going to put out, and and therefore I don't know what I'm going to reference that content to. And I suppose for us as a, as a voyeur into this world as well, <laughs> and part of that community. Community. that's what makes it exciting for us because you know we had eurovision a couple of weeks ago and you know obviously we didn't do very well did we not, <laughs> we not? <laughs> and, and my first thought was what are huns not going to do and obviously you smashed it with the amanda the, the amanda holden reference you know <laughs> think she was available for weddings and bar mitzvahs or, or something like that which is brilliant and of course we've mentioned amanda we've mentioned Gemma, we've mentioned lisa scott lee uh, which i'm very proud by the way that i know who amanda holden is and i know who Gemma collins is I'm very proud of that fact. <laughs> well done. But is this is this, is this from being in the UK or or, or any are any of the Huns who 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 feature on the page have any of them apart from the Spice Girls obviously made traction in Argentina? Not really. That's the thing. The Spice Girls were massive in in Argentina, yeah. and but but then I only got acquainted with Steps and Gemma Collins when I was here. So they they haven't really transcended. Uh, into the American continent, at least not into South America. The fact that I know who Gemma Collins is, I, I feel really proud about it. You're gonna, now going to be like one of the disciples now, having to take this back to South America. It's it's all down to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to um, do my evangelic work. <laughs> Your civic duty. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's Han culture. And I'm, I, and I'm sort of putting like a halo over my head. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. And do the work of the Han across the land. Exactly, you've got it. I'm I'm envisioning it right now. <laughs> I love the idea of wearing a robe with it. Exactly, like a very stylish robe. Style it out. You do have a lot of iconic memes from the telenovelas, don't you? 
Yes, so but it's a little bit of a different culture. It's about and it's normally about the bad one in the telenovela, the villain. We love the villains in the telenovela. I think that the reference there is there. So I think some of the work is done. All I need is to introduce the right people to the right hands, and then our work will speak by itself. I think the groundwork is done. Yeah, because I'm, I mean, obviously, I watch the telenovela RuPaul Drag Race um, challenges, and I watch that and go, "Oh my God, this!" You know, I've said it previously when I've been sat down watching uh, and bear in mind that I probably should watch the telenovela so excuse my ignorance but watching the RuPaul take on that I look at it and I go this must be what Hun is in South America. Maybe that's the key maybe we've discovered. Yeah, yeah maybe that's the entryway into it and I, <laughs> the gateway drug. <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I kind of feel like in, and like I need like a, a Hun Bible with a live laugh love sort of printed in the cover in a leather well cover. I, I spoke to you before we went went live about an exclusive I was going to drop on this. Um, what? On are, are we needed like we needed an exclusive jingle now. Like, exclusive. <laughs> so an ex, uh, an exclusive for you guys today. This is so stupid and exclusive, but it is actually exclusive. No one knows about this outside wow. of my inner circle. Oh my um, gosh. So this is an exclusive for the Bareback Podcast. So you mentioned about a Hun Bible. Yeah. So. We are, I am writing a book. Which And that is a good telenovela. No, I'm. I, uh, we need to drink. Come on, let's drink. That's, yeah. yes. What can you tell us about the book you're writing? Oh, well, first of all, I want to apologize because, like, I hate blowing smoke up my own ass because it sounds really braggy, Winnet. But, um, yeah, so um, we're doing a book. Um, it's going to be called Hunsnet's Fundamental Guide to oh, Life. Oh, my um, God. And it's going to, it's set in three chapters. And would you believe that those three chapters are called Live, Love, and Laugh? <laughs> wow. Oh, that sounds amazing. I can't wait for it. So yeah, so the published date um, for it, we think at the moment is going to be April 2022. So this is like fresh information. So the last um, four weeks we started writing it, conceptualizing it, um, thinking about what content's going in. And yes, yeah, so we've got four months to write a book. The, the Bible is going to exist. So that's my point. <laughs> And what we'll do is we'll charter a plane, which we can obviously afford, you know, um, from all the sponsors that we've got. Um, And then we will fly to South America and we'll just drop it across the continent. So everyone like flustering down. (laughs) Do you know what? I think it might be easier to maybe email the e-copy, but don't worry if you want to hire that plane. (laughs) Why did I think of that? I mean, that's probably because why you're writing a book and I'm not. (laughs) Oh, that's absolutely fantastic news. Oh, it's such good. I'm so excited about it. So, so excited. Oh, thank thank you, you for sharing that exclusive with us. I'm, I'm no, also, I don't have to think about what I'm buying you for your birthday next year. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting the Hunsnet Bible. <laughs> so who for you is the ultimate hunt? Oh, come on, you know this. The ultimate hun for me is Dame. I'm not sure she's a dame. She's definitely not a dame. But Ruth Langsford is my ultimate hun. Like, hands down, done. Like, everyone else, go home. No, don't. She's engaged, isn't she? She is. So um, for anybody who doesn't know who Ruth Langsford is, she is a fabulous TV presenter who's part of a TV power couple. 
with Eamon Holmes, very synonymous with Brexit, Brexit, not Brexit, <laughs> TV, uh, Breakfast TV. And she's got a fabulous range on QVC. And she's just fabulous. You know, you know, like somebody who you see on TV and you think, I bet they're good on a night out, you know, a couple of drinks when they get going. Yeah, I don't, don't even know how it happened, like through Hunsnet and like, you know, constantly seeking out new Huns. And at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, Ruth is such a Hun. You know, she loves having her hair done. She's got her fashions. You know, she has a cheeky G&T. She's doing her recipes on her Instagram stories. And then I started tagging her in the memes. And then um, one day she messaged me and, and was like, oh my God, this is so funny. And then I, I literally just like, Prolapse. I was like, what damn? What damn? <laughs> Ruth Lansford, like, thing, she was like, I find it really funny. And yeah, it's just the ultimate thing that, you know, that people know that I'm not taking the piss out of them. We, yeah. you know, we're just, we're just using their content that they put out. But Ruth now puts out some amazing, I could, I could have a whole, co- you know, an account dedicated to Ruth. But um, yeah, it's, it's once every couple of weeks with Ruth, but she does give some amazing content to be beamed. Would you say or do you think that the Queen would be a Hun? I think there'd be a massive educational piece that we would need to do with the royal family in general about what Hun is. Um, I don't know. Actually, actually, I take that back because the Queen um, at the Olympics, 2012 Olympics, she did a parody of herself with James Bond, right? Yeah. So if, you know, part of being a Hun and maybe part of the book that I just told you about it is about can you take the mick out of yourself? Can you take the piss out of yourself? So I would say, yeah, the Queen could be a Hun. Yes, definitely. See, now I'm kind of imagining the royal bathroom having a sign saying, like, live, floss, wipe. Or, or, one, one likes to live, one likes to laugh, and one likes to laugh. <laughs> I'll never do that impression again. <laughs> Two exclusives you've had. It's an amazing impression. <laughs> the thing about Huns as well is they don't have to be people who are in the public eye. I mean, one of the greatest Huns for me that came out of lockdown was... Uh, I can't even remember her name. I just remember the name of the parrot, Chanel. Oh, Sandra. Sandra, that's it. Yeah. Of course. The people who kind of make it in within the culture, the, the Hun culture, it can just be me or you, can't it? It's just doing the right thing, I suppose, at the right time. Exactly. So so Hun culture, you know, the, what, what, what embeds all of this is reality TV. And the whole essence of reality TV is that anybody could be a star. I think that, you know, the whole picking up your phone, recording parts of your life and putting that out there as content. She didn't know at that time when she was looking for her parrot, Chanel, and screaming, you know, around the canal. Around the canal! I can't do a little bit. Someone's been practising. You put it out, the people who are consuming it are looking at it in a different way than what you're putting it out. And then it's this whole thing, which we, we I don't even have enough time, I don't think we'd ever have enough time to talk about, is that how people twist the references and, and it becomes something really different. How the hell did Chanel's ma, as she calls herself on, on Instagram, Sandra, when losing her parrot, how the hell did that get from a really traumatic situation to a Show Me Love remix? Oh, How the hell did that happen? And, and I saw the Whitney one a couple of days ago as well. There's a Whitney one? 
Yeah. Oh, I'll send it to you after. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's it's the big moment, you know. I will always love you, and just before it hits, it's you know Chanel, and it goes on and on and on. It's like twenty four beats or bars or whatever. But the best thing about it is is what I love about it. This is dissecting it too far. Is that there is something that's going to happen that hasn't even happened yet. That that reference from you know what is now a year ago is going to fuse together in four or five years time and become something else it's just it's so it's so amazing how all this stuff just connects together so stupidly but brilliantly at the same time and that's what's great about Hunsnet because you know you, you take that you talk about something that's happened in Hollyoaks this week but you fuse that with something that happened in X Factor you know 12 years ago and I just would love to be in your brain to know how you do that because when you see it on on Instagram or on on the website or whatever, it's it, genius. It's genius, but it, it it just seems so effortless. It's it's how do you mar those two things together? I do, do you know what I've got? I've just got this this real reference for pop culture in the two thousands, and I'll tell you for why. Like I used to be an entertainer. I used to be an entertainer um, for a for a UK holiday park in the early two thousands, and part of my day. Every day would be DJing, listening to music, watching reality TV, you know, the the early years, Big Brother, whilst also witnessing quite a lot of people and meeting quite a lot of people. When people are on holiday, they kind of give up their, you know, inhibitions and they become their sort of truest self. So I had this sort of raw platform of people who were coming on holiday every week and they would tell you your your secrets and you know they'd all be from different places and they'd all have different accents and all of this was set against a backdrop of all of this music and reality tv that was exploding heat magazine all of that and it's like where all of it comes from is me just fusing stuff together from back in the day, uh, you know, and it's just, it's random, but it's, it's, I can remember what now 50 looked like, you know what I mean? I could tell you. Purple and green one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's such an important thing to me because it was, you know, my day-to-day life back then, but also it was meeting lots of people and seeing trends in people and things that made people laugh and so on and so forth. What was your first now? Everyone remembers their first now. Do you know what? There was one with like, I want to say, it looked a bit like Pumba on it from The Lion King, dressed as a bouncer, but it actually wasn't mine. It was my sister's. Um, I'm say 28. Yeah, it could be. It could yeah. be. It's really fascinating to hear that, you know, you started off as an entertainer. How how do you go from, from being an entertainer to then starting this basically media empire? So I've told you about back in two, back in the day, um, uh, I was an entertainer for Pontins and um, I absolutely loved it. And it was it was literally the making of me as, as, a, as my sense of humour. And then after sort of being on stage every night, I think I lied on my application form, actually. And I started when I was 17. You're supposed to be 18. Um, and um, I was there for seven years and um I became the entertainment manager and, you know, met loads of people, met loads of friends who are now still my friends years down the line. And then do you know what happened after that? I was like, do you know what, Gareth, you can't be an entertainer anymore. You can't, you know, you need to go and do something a bit more corporate. So I then, you know, I left Pontins in 2005 and went to um, work in the Dominican Republic, actually, um, wow. for a couple of years as a wedding planner for First Choice. And I just wanted to get out of the country, sort of find myself a little bit. And then it was 2008, I think, and I got a call from an old contact who's a very good friend of mine, Steve. And he was like, 
listen, we've got this contract to do shows in hotels in Greece. Would you be interested in doing it? And, and right at that time, it absolutely started pissing down in the Dominican Republic, which it does every single day. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think it's time to come home now. Um, so I came home, went to rehearsals, learned um, eight shows, and then went to Greece Rhodes for a couple of summers and sort of went back once again to that sort of entertainer thing. And then once again, got that whole, I'm living out of two suitcases. Um, you can't be an entertainer all your life. What's this all about? And then I decided, right, well, I really love entertainment. I really love producing content. I really love producing live stuff. So I went to work for a company that did that. And we produced shows and put teams all around the world, you know, giving holiday entertainment, because it was sort of my bread and butter by then. I then decided then that I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then I wanted to do more sort of branded things. So I, I came, oh, actually, I went and worked for Born Leisure, which is Butlin's Haven, um, in the head office and produced their entertainment programs and did that. And then I wanted to do that whole branded thing. Desperately wanted to live in London. London for me has been like, I'm originally from South Wales. London to me was like this big, massive, bright light city um, that I needed to be part of. And ever since a young age, I was like, I need to be there. And, and being here now is sort of rubber stamps my feelings from years down the line because I feel great here. And yeah, and I I worked producing content and live stuff for, for other big brands out there. And then full circle back in 2017 I went and became the head of entertainment for for TUI Travel so essentially the people who I worked with back in 2008 I was then running the whole department and then this sort of coincides with Hunsnet because I was sat in Luton hating my job it was too corporate and I was like I've got no real outlet here to, you know, I didn't want to be on stage necessarily or singing and dancing or anything like that. I didn't want to be on stage, but I really wanted to entertain people. And then that's where sort of Hansnet started. And I remember being uh, at my desk, if anyone from TUI is listening, you know, I used, I used to be there every every day, you know, on important calls with people around Europe because it's sort of, you know, a, a global business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be sat there doing Vicky B memes under the desk, sneaking <laughs> to myself with my head mic on. And people would be like, Gareth, what are you laughing at? Like, nothing, nothing. <laughs> um, and yeah. And then after that, then I decided that, at the beginning of the pandemic coincidentally I decided that corporate life wasn't for me anymore and I was going to do something different and then the pandemic hit which should have been catastrophic for me but it allowed me then to sort of put all of that into into my Instagram account which had you know 20,000 followers at that time and go right well there's a community here we're all in this together without sounding high school musical and you know what can we do and 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 it's not about being a fan club of nostalgia from the from the noughties this is about you know this whole cultural shift I, I really believe in and I've just spent the last year really thinking about ways that a, you know, I can bring this community together and B, can I build a business out of it? And clearly you have. I mean, we 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 came to your first event. You we held, it was the Friday before we went into the first lockdown. It was Friday the 13th. Oh, was it? Was it? <laughs> so it was at the Clapham Grand. We live up here in Warwickshire and we got the train and we got a hotel for the night. We're going all out. We're going all Hunsnet. And we had the best time. I mean, I'm, I've got some of the photos here on, on my screen from the night and it was just the best fun. We made loads of new friends yeah. and, it, and and everything you were talking about, that whole ethos, 
you know, of all these different people coming together. It was there in that room. And that's why I'm so excited now we're coming out of the third or fifth or whatever lockdown. <laughs> You're back on the road again and that we can come along to these and, and feel that kind of joy. Because that's what it was. It was it was an absolute joy. It was so much fun. Again, even for someone like me who wasn't necessarily introduced yet to sort of the full extent of fun culture, I had so much fun. It was such an amazing oh, that's night. amazing. And it was the spot prizes, you know, the karaoke booth, the little, you know, the sort of Instagram filters that you had in sort of real, you know, the real life giant Instagram filters. There was just so much to look. And, and even, you know, the drag queens, everything was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. And and obviously then, you know, a week later, we were kind of sat, well, where we are now, basically, at our kitchen table, like, you know, what, 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 what are we going to do? But obviously... During that time, you you know you really crafted your art, and 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 obviously it flew. I, I guess the kind of the answers there really. But why do you think that people really got on board with Hunsnet during the Panny D? <laughs> during the Panny D, we we've got this whole thing. We've got talking about the Panny D. Um, <laughs> do you know what you you made a really valid point there? And something you know we spoke about it on the night, and we spoke about it su- subsequently. But let's go back to the thirteenth of March, twenty twenty. I was like, this is the year I'm going to put events on, and I'm going to put something on that people who are gay, straight, any spectrum in between can come and feel included because this is not about being straight, gay, trans, bi, anything like that. This is about a shared cultural situation. And I was like, we're going to do these events. And I sat, I was there on the 13th of March before the doors opened. And I was like, we sold a load of tickets. Oh my God. And had this huge, almost like a anxiety attack around it about oh my god is it going to be good and then when everybody came and everybody was on the same page and you guys came all the way down from the midlands i was like i had this almost like overwhelming thing it was overwhelming but it was also a light bulb moment and going do you know what there's actually not many places that this can co all these people can coexist together maybe at work but there's not a there's not a club night necessarily. There's not a nightclub. There's not a bar where all of these people can come together and just, you know, for want of a better phrase, lose their shit together for for four hours and forget about, you know, what was going on in the world then. You know, everybody spoke to each other. Yeah. As well. That was that was what amazed me. And that was really different from other parties. I another event that I've gone to is literally you were turning around and. I, every stranger that you've never met in your life was talking to you and you were talking to them and, and, and we were all kind of having a lot of fun together. This is now, you're talking about something which which, which I've now seen many, many times since then and I, and that is, that is what is the, the, the golden egg of this whole thing and it's not about making money, it's not about any of that, it's about if Hunsnet can create this community online and then cultivate this rich fibres of friendships online and then because you know what you remember is that a lot of brands are trying to take real world situations and put them online we're actually doing the reverse of that we want you to become friends online you were all on the same page now come and meet in real life and you know we've done even throughout the pandemic we've done I think nine ten events since last last March and and I see this happening before me you know social distancing I can't even say it social (laughs) distancing of course you know, people people want to go and speak to people at the next table because they find that funny. They can go and do the Gemma Collins quotes. They can go and do, you know, all of the stuff that happens on the page. They, it's just such a conversation starter for people. And I just think, you know, it's so amazing to just sit back and watch everybody 
become friends and oh, it, sounds, it sounds so cheesy but you, you guys know because you've experienced it 100 percent, 100 percent. and and what's great as well is you've kind of built up this collective around you as well haven't you when we did the first event um and and all of the the things that we do and everything that i've ever done with anything sort of on my own i've always had my friends involved so dj dallin um is my best friend dan from 20 years ago <laughs> not from 20 years ago he's been there for 20 years um but um yeah we worked at pontins together the drag queens involved one of them's my boyfriend one of them's my very good friend you know i've got helen who i lived with tash who i've worked with everybody who's involved is part of a friendship group. It's not a, all right, well, can, can you come and work this? And everybody wants to work it as well. So all of the events that we do, it's a case of us getting together because we haven't seen each other and we are all part of different walks of life. So don't necessarily get together all the, you know, the as often as we probably could or should. But when we're doing our brunches in, you know, every couple of Sundays in London it's for us to get together and we get there at 10 o'clock in the morning catch up have a glass do the selfies do all of that and then we go and and have a laugh with everybody else and then at the end of it get wildly drunk and then promise never to drink as much the week after and you know that's that's what it is and it's just allowed us to to get together as well and to be fair I think that it comes across because particularly the party that we went to it, it comes across as really genuine so hearing that all of the, all of that collective all of the people involved are actually good friends and sort of you enjoy working together I kind of now understand why it comes across as so genuine and so and so genuinely lovely. We, do you know what we? I'm I'm the most difficult, of course, because I'm I, you know I'm the Vicky B of the group. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've got main character syndrome. Okay, um, but um, no, no, you you know what? Everybody brings something to it. Um, you know, everybody and everybody works really hard. Like at the moment, we are uh, we've got a summer's worth of of dates that we're sort of knee deep in. And it's sort of running a bit like clockwork at the moment, but we've just booked a load of winter dates that, you know, we'll all get together on a Zoom. One of the Fridays that we're not working um, or maybe face to face now, the, the restrictions are up and we'll all sit there and, and say, oh, you know what, we should refresh this. Or what about this going in? Or wouldn't this be good? Or what about this for a merchandise idea? And it is um, it is very collaborative um and and everybody's got a voice in it and and we just love doing it you know it's a sunday afternoon the reason why we do stuff mostly on a sunday afternoon is because we all have work on a monday morning so we so it, it kind of puts a, a bit of a framework in to go you know a couple of drinks after have a chat with everybody who comes but sort of at home with a kfc trilogy box meal by 10 o'clock that's, <laughs> that's the um uh, just living the hard life basically. exactly yeah Exactly. So what I want to do now is we've kind of delved deep into Hon culture. And, and, and as we said before, Benny is from Argentina, where there is sadly no, well, not yet, <laughs> of, of Hull Hull of Hun culture. I think I'd like to know about Hull culture, actually. I bet there's loads of Huns in Hull. <laughs> oh, I guess there is. You know what? There is so many Huns in Hull. Um, most of my family uh, from my mum's side are from Hull and it's Hun Central. Oh. You need to get up there quick. Get up Get up to all. Get up to all. Down Humber Road. Oh my God, <laughs> Chip spice in a patty, that's what you want. Now. I'm sold. I'm done. <laughs> um, so Hun culture. Ben is now going through his UK citizenship process so you know so he can call himself British but as far as I'm concerned he can't call himself British until he's done the hunt test can we call it his hunduction 
Oh, oh I love that. Oh, guys, you have, it's got to be the handduction. What I want to do now, Gareth, if this is okay with you, if I yeah. want to give, and because it's with you, it's it's verified, it's independently oh. adjudicated, it's 100%, like we're literally rubber stamping okay. his relationship here, Benya's handduction uh, into British life. So I, I, I've got a few things that I want us to talk about, and I want okay. to give it, I want you to tell it, to tell Benya what he needs to do, what he needs to act, what he needs to listen to, that kind of thing. So I thought, first of all, if we start out a little bit with Hun language, okay. um, first of all, what what is the dream Hun accent? Oh, I mean, I think that this, I think there's a stereotypical Hun accent, which is Essex, of course, and the whole yeah you um, <laughs> sort of Towie thing. But you'll probably see from the memes on Hunsnet, we put them out in sort of colloquial terms so that people if you're from Wales you'll get the you know something will be written every couple of memes will be written if you're Welsh if you're you're northern you know there'll be some dead northern things put in there as well because everybody's included so if you were going to go stereotypical hun I'd say Essex but I reckon just something really regional I love a regional hun can you try a regional accent then Mm, the thing is I'm not good with accent but what about folks in the word Brummy? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's let's do Brummy Hun. Okay, so let's open the Dick Hunary. Yeah, Dick. I'm Dick. getting on board now. I'm getting on board. Well, I didn't know it was that kind of show, girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've I've got some of the amazing um Hun words here. And okay. I'll say the word and if you say a little bit about if it's not obvious what it means, and then we'll get Benny to say it. Okay. Okay. So obviously the classic is Dallin. Dallin. So Dallin is basically Darlin, and it's it's just like, so I used to watch Nighty Night. I still watch Nighty Night. Hey, Kathy, who's you? And basically a lot of, of my humour comes from that show, really. And, and um, oh, darling. Oh, it's just, it's just really, it's, it's not darling. It's not my darling. It's not darling. It's Dallin. Hey, Dallin, how's you? Dallin. And it's just kind of like, it can just be used for anything. Like, hi, Dallin. Dallin, or is it is it musical? So like, hi Dallin, how are you? Okay, hi Dallin, how are you? <laughs> oh, brilliant! Wow, brilliant! Dally Wally, Dally Wally. So Dally Wally, <laughs> this is so stupid. I love it. So Dally Wally is like when you're so exhausted by Dally, you're like Dally Wally. It's like really patronising of Dallin. Excuse me, Dally Wally. Back in box. <laughs> Sorry, Dali Wally. <laughs> oh, that was really good. That was really good. That was really good. And now, of course, um, a hun doesn't go on holidays. She goes on a hollybobs. A hollybob, yeah. So a hollybob is 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 something that you get excited with your girlies. A girly hollybob. Maybe you're going to beefer. Never I beefer. Um, and it's something that that is not. It's not just a a throwaway. You know, quick getaway. This is something that you plan. There's a specific group chats you know you're probably sharing a case with somebody else because of the luggage charges um yeah you probably like all tipped in on like shower gel and sun cream and stuff do you remember those massive kangaroo jackets that you could buy where you yeah. could basically put all your clothes inside your clothes and go so you didn't have to pay the uh... what do you mean used to buy that's the that's the only way to travel right <laughs> So in in Argentina, do do, do, the, do all of the girlies go on holly on hollybobs together, or or is it just a, a UK thing? No, so basically they go all together to the beach. They'll get together. They probably get on a bus that takes about ten hours to get there. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine the image of of everyone when they get off the bus after ten hours. 
but then they just they come off the bus already with the bikinis and it is directly to the beach and they are and they are full argentini huns <gasps> argentini huns i want to be an argentini huns yes Basically, so if I wear sort of an, uh, uh, an Argentine hand here in the UK, would I, I would say something like, Pisa Hollypop, woo, woo, get on my with the girlies, Let's cling to that. I'm learning, I'm learning. <laughs> you are, you're learning really fast, I'm really impressed. This is somewhat easier than the life in the UK test, I think. Braggy Winnette. So before we talk about Braggy Winnette, we have to talk about Clammy Winnette. So, <laughs> okay, I'm interested. <laughs> so, Clammy Winnet. So, uh, do you remember when I told you that I worked in Greece? Um, yes. So, I worked in Greece, and we had this beautiful villa that that four of us, five of us shared. Stunning, lovely roof terrace, completely secluded, so you could whack the tunes up and and go wild. We have loads of parties there, but there was no air conditioning. So there's no air conditioned sort. So you basically lived your whole existence was like clammy. Like everything was clammy. Like Come your on. skin was clammy. You know, like when you've if you've ever stayed in like a hotel without any um any air conditioning and you go out and then you come back and everything's clammy and there's a there's a real clamminess in the air. So we I used to just say to people, Oh my god, I'm so clammy we're at right now. <laughs> like, um and then we used to be like Obviously, Clammy Wynette is is a take on Tammy Wynette. She had a song, Stand By Your Man. So if you're Clammy Wynette, you need to stand by your fan. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and then basically, the the whole Wynette thing is just... So you can be any type of Wynette. She could be like quite a, quite a secretive Wynette, or you could be quite a braggy Wynette, or you could be quite a uh, inquisitive Wynette. And it's just this whole stupid thing where if, you know, you'd worked with us or, or with me at that time... There's there's a Winnette for every situation. It just sounds so stupid even talking I don't know, about it. It completely makes sense. I was thinking in my head, if I'm cleaning my car, I could be a chamois Winnette. You could be a chamois Winnette. Or um, you could be, a, you were talking about Burma, you could be a Brummy Winnette. Brummy Winnette. Yeah. There you are. That's, that's the, one for you, Bab. To the moment, I just identify with Clammy Winnette. You've seen right. me under the samba. Exactly. <laughs> Stand by your fan, hun. And another one of, our, of your phrases that I love is you do you. It was you do you, darling. It's like, Everybody can do what, you know, everybody can be who they want to be. So it's like that, you know, if you don't want to do that, darling, you do you. And you do you is like, it's not, you're not attacking anybody. You're not, you know, you're not going after anybody. It's just a, I'm going to do me and you do you, darling. (laughs) Okay, so let me try that one. So it's it's not like in a condescending way. No, I mean, it can be used in a condescending way, but. So it's kind of like you do you, darling. There's a, uh, this, that was very theatrical. I loved it. It was a bit of sass at the end. You do you, darling. And of course, you is spelled Y-E-W. I can't even remember my letters. Yeah. Y-E-W. And this goes back to Nighty Night as well, when she's like, thank you, Cathy. Something I personally find funny and I put into the page is writing down how people say things. And I get picked up on it quite a lot for in the comments. People go, can you not write English? Everything's intentional. (laughs) It's because I want people to read it, how it's being said. And it goes back to those, you know, regional people that I would meet in in Pontins years ago and and just accents. I love an accent. So 
And to be fair, I think that that's another entry into the Argentinian market with Han, because realistically, since a lot of people don't speak English, we sometimes tend to write things in English in the way that they sound. So, for example, if, if, if we're saying that you're happy, you will probably spell it J-A-P-I. Exactly. Because we don't know how it's spelled. We are formulating our Argentinian takeover. I love it. The but- Argentinian <laughs> But yeah, we'll get that trending, and then by the end of next year, we'll have done pretty much the whole of the content. We'll be doing we'll be doing a live episode in Argentina. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> that would be great on the beach or in Buenos Aires. Or exactly, full of pizza show. <laughs> okay, so we've we've kind of done the sort of Hun language. Yeah, what should Benny be wearing? Obviously, every Hun staple is a jeans and a nice top. Of course. Nice top. What are you wearing now? <laughs> I'm wearing jeans and a nice top. Jeans and a nice top. <laughs> That's incredible. Exactly. So jeans and a nice top, um, and maybe a strappy sandal, strappy heel, kitten heel, bronzing balls on the face. You know, just to make sure you look glowy and glammy. I'm actually looking at some bronzing balls on this desk whilst I look at Yeah. So yeah, jeans and a nice top is staple hunt. You can't go wrong with the jeans and a nice top. And what what should he be eating and drinking? Oh, well, you know what? You can eat and drink whatever you want, but as long as you have a Prosexy. Um, and we've got that right here. Home. Literally right here. Are you Prosecco drinkers yourselves, guys? Yeah, of course yeah. we are. Are you? See, I, see I, I like the idea of it, but um, I, I don't know I, I, I don't know about you guys, but the, uh, the older that I get, the more indigestion I get, and Prosecco is like a massive trigger for me. So... After our Eurovision party, it was like two o'clock in the morning and we had loads of Prosecco left. So we just made Aperol spritzes. And I know they're meant to be an aperitif, but they actually work really well as a wind down drink as well. Exactly. You do you, darling. Exactly. You do you, darling. And we did. And we did. And to be fair, the thing with Prosecco for me is that it floors me by the third glass. Really? Beer can go on all day. Prosecco, three glasses and I'm best. Have you noticed how beer is becoming hun as well? So it's you can't just have a beer anymore. You have to have some tropical infused rosé, this, that, and the other beer. It's 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 all trickling in um, right before our very eyes. Yeah, I noticed that last summer in in um, in Aldi and Lidl, their their ciders were very hun. Yeah, yeah. the Al is it Alaska or Alaska or something like that. They're not paying us, so it doesn't matter what name it is. <laughs> they did have like you know like wild juniper berries with strawberry and caramel and mango, and I was like. Isn't it just apples? It's just um, so unnecessary. Hun is, uh, you know, to in- inject a bit of hun is to just maybe inject a bit of unnecessariness into it. Oh, we were drinking it by the book. No, God, yeah. <laughs> Ice cold, baby. <laughs> I always think that a Kinder Bueno is quite hun. That is definitely hun because there's an unnecessary rubbish toy that you um, that, that, that you don't need. Um, it comes in an unnecessary packet. It's got the, the chocolate on the outside, the white on the inside. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've never really thought about it. But yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, hun. So, okay, so we know what you're going to eat and drink. So Prosecco and Kinder Bueno. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, what, what should Benji be doing in his leisure time? Um, oh, God. Uh, well, first and foremost, whatever you've got to do, you've got to have your girlies about you. Now, your girlies is a term for your friends. So girlies is, you know, anybody can be a girly. I'm a girly. All my friends are girlies, irrelevant of of, of where they are on the gender spectrum. Um, but yeah, you've you got to have your girlies about you, you know, nights in, wild nights out, um, you know, cut the drinks after work. Have you got a good group of girlies, 
around you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely they're all having babies now, but they're still up for a couple of drinks. A couple of drinks on the weekend with the Eurovision party. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And a hot tub as well. One of them's got a hot tub. Oh, it's always good to have. That is, hun. Hot tub. <laughs> and it's got flashing lights in that change colour and a, and a built-in stereo as well. Oh, see, we're going preemie, hun, now with a built-in <laughs> stereo. If it was a blow-up Aldi sex pond, then I'd be like, yes. <laughs> So it's basically sexy with the girlies in the hunt tub. But it's got to be bought from Aldi and it's got to be inflatable. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what should you, I mean, this is probably an, an obvious one, what we've, what we've talked about, but kind of what should you be listening to music-wise? What films should he be watching? Well, the obvious Hun film, the most honeyest film ever Hun, uh, to, to, to grace the, the cinema screen has got to be Spice World, the movie. But... Is it true that they're, they're doing a second one? I hope not. I hope not. Because they, they were talking about the animation, weren't they? That and they were all going to be superheroes. Yeah. And that kind of fell fell foul. And then all of a sudden, now they're doing Spice World two. I I hope not because I I've got this horrible thing that is going to be centered around Jerry. Um, I can't <laughs> like I love Jerry. I love Jerry, but I I love nineteen ninety eight Jerry more than I love two thousand and twenty one Jerry. Um, is she still knocking out the kids' books? She, I, th- oh, I don't know what she's doing, but she's just got this very posh accent. And I mean, w- you know, you do you, Jerry, but it's just, <laughs> I just want Jerry falling with the tits out uh, at the Brit Awards. That's all I want. <laughs> so I feel like a hun now. You, you, I feel it through the world. I, I feel very honeyfied. So now I need hun activities. So what's going on? What do you? What events are you organising? What's in the future? Oh, I see what you're doing ah, there. He's giving you space to plug. Segway straight in. <laughs> he's so good. I mean, he's you were an absolute hun. Everything yeah, you're yeah. literally doing, you darling, and I couldn't be prouder of you right now. Everything for the girlies. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a quick learner. My work here is done. <laughs> My work here is hun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, as I said to you earlier, one thing that we're doing at Hunsnet is just trying to create as many events uh, that people can come and meet and enjoy this sort of sense of humour, enjoy this music, enjoy the soundtrack that goes with it. Um, So if you are in London, if anyone's in London, UK, um, over the summer, we've got a programme of club nights and also brunches which you can find in the link tree of our Instagram pages. Um, they are selling out for the summer, but don't worry. We've just booked some winter dates as well, um, which we'll be releasing a little bit later on. So if you do want to have a Christmas party with the Huns, um, there'll be that. Um, we're also doing um, some club nights as well. So we've got our daytime concept, which is Hun Brunch, which is a right old raver, bingo, drag queen, singers, Nineties, noughties hits, Huns, Prosexy, you know, and so much more. And then we've got the uh, the club night as well, which is a little bit similar to what you guys came to, but um, it's called Disco Minge, and it features. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't quite ready for that, but I am now. Yeah, um, and um, and it features disco pop drag queens and huns dripping in huns that's what's going on over the summer um, and that's sort of london centric at the moment we're working hard with venues around the country 
to be able to bring that to Birmingham. We're, we're in ch- conversations with people in Bristol as well, also Scotland and, and, and who knows. And then I think as the confidence comes back in with sort of going out in the live events industry, that's when we'll sort of take more risks on on, on what we're going to do with, with things. But all I've got to say is watch this space, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hello. <laughs> and to be fair, if anyone is outside of, uh, of London as well, we did it. We had an amazing yeah. time. So take, a, take the girlies on a hollybob to London. All club together, get yourself a nice TK Maxx Juicy Couture suitcase, get your club in together, get your toiletries shared, get a couple of bottles of sexies, get on the National Express or the Megabus, or even get a cheap ticket, come down to London, get a travel lodge, spend the weekend, go sightseeing, and then just come to and see us on a Sunday afternoon and lose yourself with two other 200 not two other 200 <laughs> other huns um, and i promise you i promise you you'll have a good time and if you don't i'll pay for your megabus back <laughs> it sounds like an amazing plan and to be fair i'm pretty sure that you won't be paying any megabus <laughs> no, it's a said megabus and i'm talking about the pound fee yeah <laughs> <laughs> Remind our listeners where they can find you, your socials. Yeah, so we're mainly based on Instagram. So it's at Hunsnet and it's it's like Mumsnet. And if you don't know what Mumsnet is, there's not enough time to open that up right now. It's H-U-N-S-N-E-T at Hunsnet on uh, Instagram. You can find us on, on Facebook as well. We're official Hunsnet on Twitter and we're Hunsnet on TikTok, but... I'm nearly 40 years old and I still don't know what I'm doing with TikTok. So uh, so don't don't find us on there just yet. <laughs> I don't understand TikTok. No, so. no we, we tried it during the, during the Panny D, didn't we? And it just, we did like three and then we were like, what, what is this? It's like Vine, but not. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like of, Vine. We just kind of gave it up. But honestly, get on that Instagram page because it's a rabbit hole that you will want <laughs> to burrow and burrow and burrow and stay forevermore because it's just joyous I mean, you can scroll scroll for hours you know you're pissing yourself laughing it's just it's just a joy and and the fact that you have birthed that and given it to the world <laughs> i said it at the beginning and i'm like tr- cesarean <laughs> obviously that's very hard um, you you need to you need to be recognized with at least an mba at oh, least that's very kind no do you know what all i want out of this and sorry to be miss world again is to just for everyone to come to the events have a good old laugh build friendships and just keep being in on the joke and keep providing the content because it's everybody in the comments it's there's something somebody will comment something underneath something and then that will trigger going oh I wonder about that or you know so if if, let's keep the community rich and keep contributing meet each other at events and just have a bloody good time well thank you so much for taking time out of your hectic schedule which we've heard all about (laughs) uh, to come and talk to us on bareback today Please, will you come back and, and, and update us when the book's ready to go out? Indeed, yeah. You had the exclusive for the uh, for the announcement, and um, uh, we'll do we'll do something when it comes out. In, thank you so do, much. Do in the shops in April 2022. So thank you so much for that. I'm so exciting. I do want that to be my birthday present. So. <laughs> well, it is. You yeah, know, you've got is. a choice in it. In fact, it'll be like Harry Potter, you know, when we'll, we'll queue outside Waterstones at like one minute to midnight and then we'll buy a copy each and it'll be like, who can finish it first? <laughs> I know more about Huns than you do. <laughs> I've seen it more like the Katie Price book launch, but if you want to compare it to <sighs> Harry Potter, then... Ooh, oh, that would be good as well. So you're going to be there signing. Exactly, in some sort of outrageous outfit. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the difference is you will have actually written this book. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, definitely all written by me. All written by me. All right, Gareth, thank you so much yes, for joining us. So we much, love guys. you. We love what you do. Oh, we love fun. Hansnet. And we'll see you soon. Take thank care. Lots of love. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Han. You know, after that, I feel completely arch and honeyfied. Well, I mean, the three glasses of Prosexy that you've had have probably helped. Oh, darling, just you do you. <laughs> do you feel more entwined with the hun now? I know, yeah, I definitely do. I'm, again, I kind of feel like I want to go on a hollybob with the girlies. <laughs> well, we can do it. We'll do it. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get it sorted. It was indeed amazing. And again, we cannot thank Gareth enough for giving us his time and such a hilarious interview. It was so much fun, wasn't it? Absolutely. And if you've enjoyed this, then please do come back next week for more oral delights. And in the meantime, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. And it'd be really, really nice if you did enjoy it, leave us a review wherever you can, because it does all help. And let us know what you thought of these fantastic first interviews that we've done. Remember to contact us on all of our socials. Remember our Twitter is at barebackpod. We are on Instagram at barebackpodcast. You can search us on Facebook, just search bareback. Or email us barebackpodcast at gmail.com. But unfortunately, now the time has come for us to go back in our box for another week, and which is where we'll probably remain until somebody lets us out in approximately six days' time. So, bye, darling. Bye, darling. Bye, darling.